Hello and welcome to the My Teenage Band podcast with me, Nick Taylor. This is a podcast in which I talk to people from all kinds of different fields about the musical adventures of their youth. So, first of all, Happy New Year. Hope you all had something approaching a relaxing break at the end of 2020. Not really feeling the usual sense of New Year renewal, to be honest, because of, well everything but nevertheless i'm really happy to be bringing the podcast back and for this first episode of 2021 i have a chat with the brilliant writer and podcaster diora shadajanova so diora is the opinions and essays editor for galden magazine and she also writes for a number of different places including vice and refinery 29 and she's the host of two podcasts for the fantastic broccoli productions your broccoli weekly and broccoli book club which launched just this week on the 7th of january Jura's actual teenage band experience was sadly not the most successful, even if they did get as far as renting a real studio to play through their wide range of covers, but nevertheless it was great to talk to her about these early attempts at rockstardom, playing guitar, as well as the other places that Jura has found a a more satisfying band-like experience, including local guitar classes and more recently DJing with mates. It was a really fun chat, so let's get into it now. This is me and Dior Shadajanova talking remotely back in September 2020. Can you tell me a little bit about your musical background, when you started playing music and how that led to eventually playing with, uh, with other people? Sure. So I have a really musical family from both sides. So my mom finished like music school. Also for context, I'm from Uzbekistan. And so Hmm. in Uzbekistan, we, yeah, we have like music schools. And I actually used to go to one myself to um, learn the piano. So my mom was always very musical. She always sang to me and uh, music was a really big part of my life growing up. We always had a piano and I think I started learning at a really young age, maybe like six or seven. And from my dad's side, I actually have an aunt who was in one of the biggest bands of the USSR. It was called Yalla. It's, a, it's an Uzbek band and she was a singer there. And oh, wow. um, so it was quite natural for me to just, I guess, grow up quite musical. And I was playing piano. I was playing piano all that time and then moved around a bit in Central Asia. And then at the age of 10, I came to the UK. So it was quite a big culture shock and I had to learn English. And I guess the one thing that doesn't change is the language of music. Right. So my parents um, signed me up to uh, go to piano lessons here and I carried on playing I played until I went to uni essentially and I got to like grade six but I just hated it like I don't know like I I think it's not really I just never practiced and I I felt like I was more doing it for my parents than anyone else but in this music school I also saw that they had guitar lessons so I thought yeah I want to be really cool and start guitar and (laughs) I got my first guitar my electric guitar and I went through like a bit of a emo phase a bit of a rock phase and I was obsessed with Metallica so I just started playing I guess like learning how to play the guitar and and I think eventually I just really wanted to be in a band I thought that would be kind of I don't know like I I saw you know when I was growing up I saw like Paramore and I was like yeah I want to be like Paramore and (laughs) the the reality was that my skills were not quite there I think I fell in love more with the idea of it rather than actually wanting to do it because when it came to actually doing it 
and I'll tell you about that in a second it really wasn't like Paramore <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so yeah, that's kind of like my journey to getting into a, a band ish How do you go about assembling other people to uh, to join you in this great adventure? So I can't quite remember exactly how it happened. It was definitely on in the days of MSN. Great days. Something in the back of my mind is telling me that I saw a post online, and I don't know where that could have been. Like maybe Gumtree. Like do they, or is there like a is there like a Gumtree for bands or people trying to find? members for bands something like that I'm sorry I literally can't remember but I know it was definitely over the internet with people I don't know which is interesting because I then essentially ended up dating the drama (laughs) (laughs) and that's where it all went wrong oh wow okay and (laughs) so how old are you at this point maybe like 14 15 yeah I think I might have just turned 15 and (laughs) yeah so it was me uh Rob who was my first ever boyfriend the drama and then Ben who was on the guitar and I guess I don't know what my role was I said that I'd I'd play guitar so maybe second guitar and then I'd also sing but the thing is Ben actually had a girlfriend who was an amazing singer. And so uh. she joined us in one of our studio sessions because we hired out studio because it was so cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and she came along and I just remember that she was so good and I just did not have the same confidence. So essentially, she kind of pushed me out. What? <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> and also like just things with Rob just like weren't working out and eventually it just came to a really natural end because I think we didn't quite find that jam you know we we didn't quite all vibe together I think we all liked really different kinds of music I mean it it sounds it sounds like a total recipe for disaster if but if not something that was fun for for at least a little while I mean how so were you guys were you guys playing your own your own songs and stuff and did you have a role in any kind of songwriting Honestly, like we really couldn't agree on anything. Like we couldn't even agree on songs we wanted to play together and things like that. I think songwriting would have been far too ambitious. Right. Especially because we were just so young as well. Like I think what would I have what would I have to write about? Like what kind of life experience do you have as a 14-year-old? You know what I mean? So I think we really stuck to just playing and I remember this so well. We were um, doing Florence and the Machines, you've got the love, which is just like such a. It's a really good song, but it's it's really not even what I wanted to sing, and but it's just one of those really easy ones, you know. Like everyone understands the chord progressions and all of these things, so I think we stuck to quite like basic songs. But yeah, because like, at the time, I just I was just so into emo bands and they weren't and so I think that the songs that I wanted to do were just a bit maybe a bit too depressing and then the songs Mm. that they wanted to do were just a bit too like mainstream for me (laughs) (laughs) yeah you were very much the cool one in the band yeah I mean honestly like if you saw pictures of me like 
when at that age I definitely was not cool but it's just so funny because I think I really bought into that whole aesthetic like you know I'd go to to the you know local shop a uh, local corner shop to pick up Kerrang every Tuesday and like my whole yeah. wall was just like full of these posters of bands I didn't even like like, like honestly I just <laughs> yeah. remember I had this massive poster of Nine Inch Nails and I really didn't like Nine Inch Nails it's it's more the idea of liking Nine Inch Nails you know it was just very basic and I'm sorry I wish I could give you these crazy you know stories of how we I don't know toured around the country and got I don't know, egged on stage or whatever. But it really was just, you know, the, the, the most vanilla kind of image of these four, I was going to say prepubescent, but definitely not. Like, I think we just just reached puberty at that stage. And yeah. kind of like hiring out this studio in the middle of nowhere, which costs so much money for no reason. Well, I mean, obviously it costs <laughs> a lot of money for a lot of reasons, but for us, <laughs> it was like, we, would, we weren't, it's not like we were making our own music or, you know, like even recording anything really. We were just there and we could have done all of that in someone's room. But I think it was, again, <laughs> that whole thing of just the idea being so much bigger than actually our capabilities. And I think it was just right. that age where you just wanted to be like, oh, yeah, I'm in a band. And yeah, we do this kind of music and we cover these kinds of bands. But really, it was tragic. <laughs> <laughs> you guys just wanted to feel like a real band that's okay uh, like wh where whereabouts was this studio oh it was it was really near my house and what was it it was it was maybe somewhere in Bromley maybe just somewhere a bit further out it was next to a what oh. I remember was it was next to a recycling center that's right. all I remember okay. yeah <laughs> I don't know what if that's good or bad um I think maybe it's funny because you know like on hindsight like our music was probably you know as bad as the trash that was like in the recycling center right next to the studio so yeah, right, yeah. it's where it belonged one of the things that i want to ask you about you said that you had a story about um a guy in your guitar class can you tell me a little bit about that <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you're happy to no that's fine I just completely yeah. forgot that I uh... <laughs> um, so I went to this guitar class and this is so embarrassing because I've never told anyone but it's fine it's fine and there was this guy I'm gonna not say his name because it's not fair yeah, sure, um, sure. but I just thought he was the coolest person ever right <laughs> I used to say in the in the guitar class there were six seats and the teacher kind of sat in the front so I always used to go to the back seat on the left and he always used to sit at the front because he was really good he was really really good at the guitar and I remember he had like he bleached some of his hair and I thought it was the coolest thing I thought it was like wow this guy is so good at the guitar so good looking and I just like fell in love with him but I yeah. I was too shy <laughs> to even say anything to him like I don't think I ever even 
you know, I'd just be like, hey, <laughs> just kind of go and <laughs> that was the extent of our conversation. And he was always really nice yeah. and always like really tiny and friendly. But I remember, you know, when you're that age and you just kind of make up that one day you'll get together, even though you you see them every Saturday morning and you have you absolutely nothing to even make that happen. That was one, you know, the age where like everyone was kind of like starting talking to, you know, like to other people romantically and like maybe some people started getting girlfriends and boyfriends. And I just really... Mm wanted it to sound like it was way more than it was you know, I, <laughs> I think I essentially pretended that he was my boyfriend and he just wasn't and I imagined this whole life together of us <laughs> I don't know like galloping away into the sunset with our musical talents <laughs> like it's just yeah crazy. yeah yeah touring the world touring the world exactly and like you know because oh my gosh and I remember this is this is the really embarrassing thing he used to really love the song I think maybe he used to play it on the guitar it was called Drive by Incubus and he used to play it all the time and I was like oh my god what's that song and he was like oh it's called Drive uh by Incubus and I was like okay and then I looked it up and I just used to listen to it on repeat I thought it was so cool and I thought like (laughs) it made me like I don't know, like get him more because I listen to the same song. Yeah, yeah. no, it's, it's, it's funny now. <laughs> so ridiculous. But honestly, I think after we both stopped lessons, we, we connected on Facebook and actually we lived really close because obviously we went to the same music uh, schools. So we must have been close and we actually met up a few times in real life. And he's doing really well. He's actually a producer and doing really cool oh, things wow, really? in music. Yeah, so oh, it's amazing. sick. Maybe I should have, maybe I should have gone out with him after all. (laughs) What was the deal with the guitar class? Was this a kind of rock rock guitar? What kind of stuff were you guys learning? Yeah, it was, I don't quite know how it was advertised, but it was very much Mm. rock. And to be honest, I, I think I just loved going to those lessons more for the social aspect because it was just really yeah, nice yeah. like for, for all these random people to kind of come together and jam, you know. Like it felt more like being in a band than being in an actual band for me because yeah. we, you know, the guitar teacher would kind of pick what we'd play and learn that day and then everyone would be doing their own different parts and, you know, we had like someone on the bass and it was really cool. Like, and I think that actually that relaxed vibe was a lot, better and you know it didn't have the added drama of all these teenage hormones and trying to (laughs) be romantically involved with one another and girlfriends coming in and taking my place in the band (laughs) yeah Um, yeah, that was really really nice you could just sit at the back and imagine it instead which is much easier i imagine exactly exactly you could just sit (laughs) at the back and imagine the relationship that never happened But that is great, though. I mean, I think it's it's certainly that's been my experience as well. Just the joy for me of music when I was younger was the social aspect, be it in bands or in my experience of playing classical music as well. And I think there's just something so key about 
you know, if you want to encourage any young person to both play music and and actually practice and get good at it, it's by making them see the joy of actually playing with with other people and 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 seeing it as a way of actually meeting like like minded people at the same time. Yeah, there's definitely a shared bond there, and I think because as well, like with music, you have to be on the same page you have to be in the same frequencies and tempo and and that requires a lot of skill and that requires a lot of sensitivity and being really self-aware and being understanding of everyone else's kind of vibe so you know when you're kind of jamming together whether that be in a band or a guitar class you're part of something bigger and I think there's something really beautiful in that so I think that's something that I've always taken away with me. And sure, I didn't end up being in a in a <laughs> in a band, in a you know, <laughs> band that travels around the world, or really I didn't end up doing music, but mm. it's a transferable skill that's I think useful in many situations. Yeah, absolutely. And when the band that you the actual band that you're in before broke up after just a few months, so was the enjoyment of the guitar class the reason why you didn't particularly pursue trying to start a band again like was it a mixture of enjoying that and the kind of trauma of of the of the way the uh the band kind of fell apart i mean like why why with your obvious like love of music and your talent with it was there a particular reason why you didn't just try and pick something else up again I'm gonna be honest i feel like i just felt like i wasn't good enough and again, it's that thing of also like representation and being a woman in music. And I think at the time, especially, I just didn't feel like it was something for me. And I think especially I now, obviously, looking back, I'm thinking, you know, whether also kind of racial elements. And, you know, I think there's a lot there's a lot of factors that play into not seeing yourself represented now I'm like, oh, I wonder if I just felt like I wasn't good enough to pursue it or be in a band or, you know, I think I said to myself, I didn't have the skills for it. But I think really, I didn't quite have the confidence for it. Mm. And I think, you know, had I had that confidence, yeah, maybe I would have pursued it. But, you know, I'm also one of those people that I have lots of hobbies. I'm very artistic and very creative. And I think, had had I had more confidence and maybe a little bit more self-belief and surrounded by people who were, you know, like the people who were in my guitar class, then maybe something could have happened. You know, and, you know, I'm an, I'm an Asian woman and I've never really seen many Asian women in rock bands. Maybe I haven't tried yeah. working hard enough, but I hadn't. Mm. And so when you don't see yourself represented in the music you like, it's really hard to make that jump into thinking, oh, well, this is a space that's for me. It just didn't feel very welcoming. So I think mm. I sadly just kind of, yeah, like gave into it. I was like, okay, well, there's no space for me here. And of course there is space. There's space always um, to be made. And I think it's getting better. I think representation, you know, is getting better in music, but it's not quite there yet, especially female representation. You've mentioned that obviously with with music still kind of being a part of your life and you, uh, although you're not sort of playing guitar actively, right? But you are trying to learn to DJ now. What's that that like? Oh my gosh, it's been so fun, Nick. I just want to, honestly, 
you won't shut me up about it. Basically, <laughs> I so I have like I have a guitar at home and I have a piano at home. So like I do sometimes, cool. you know, have a little play. But I'm not as I said, I'm not actively. You know, maybe sometimes when I'm in a mood, you know, like I'll I'll be like, oh yeah, I feel like playing a bit of. But it's not something that I'm actively pursuing or playing for other people. So yeah. in lockdown, I thought, hmm, what's the one thing I've always wanted to do? And it's, I think ever since I went to uni and I went to house parties and even obviously like going on nights out, I've always wanted to learn how to DJ. And I just thought, you know what, let me just get some decks. Let me get some speakers and Mm. I'm going to learn on YouTube. And I was a classic bedroom DJ, just, (laughs) you know, mixing kind of like house music, a bit of like techno or just like really fun songs as well. And then before they've announced the new kind of lockdown measures a few of my home friends we kind of uh, rented out this like a manor house mansion thing in <laughs> and they were like why don't you bring your decks and I have a few mates as well Joe and Toby and they like you know they've been DJing for a while at uni and then they've been doing like events and stuff so you know they're, they're really quite good and we were just basically like back to backing the whole four or five nights that we were there. And that chemistry and that shared kind of love for music really came back. And I think maybe that's what being in a band should have felt like, you know, mm. kind of looking back at that experience. And I think especially with DJing as well, I think there's been, it's been so much better for female representation. You know, I people like Peach or Peggy Goo have like really mm. kind of skyrocketed to this international fame and it's sick and it's like yeah like if they can do it and I know I think like Peggy Goo like she only learned in her like late 20s because a friend taught her wow I didn't know that and that's why representation is so important because when I found that out I was like why can't I do this like or why can't (laughs) I try and do this Thank you so, so much for doing this. Thanks so much for having me. This is really, really fun and nice to like just think about things I don't normally think about. And I, I feel like you probably interviewed lots of people like in bands and actual bands. And I think this was more of a failed attempt, but hopefully I, I bit was able to claw some of that back with my new love of DJing. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's it's much more entertaining to get a, you know, a wide range of experiences and certainly the complete lack of success is is much closer to my own experience than <laughs> so so it's, it's, it's the it's the version of the story i'm most comfortable hearing about um so. oh that's so reassuring and validating yeah. thank you so much <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so that was diora shadow thanks so much to her for taking the time to talk to me in the show notes for this week you'll find links to some of Dura's writing as well as the two podcasts I mentioned earlier Your Broccoli Weekly which is currently on hiatus but the Broccoli Book Club just launched its first episode and is available wherever you get your podcasts you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at My Teenage Band and you can get in touch with me at MyTeenageBand at gmail.com if you've got any stories surrounding absolutely any genre of music and to any level of success at all then I'd love to hear about them 
A huge thank you as ever to Anya Pearson, songwriter and guitarist in the band Dream Nails, for writing the podcast's wonderful jingle. Vocals on that were performed by Imo Berman from the band Trills. And don't forget, you can find links to both Anya and Imo's music in the show notes. Also want to say thanks to Eloisa Henderson-Figueroa for the brilliant podcast artwork and MOV for wonderful website design. Head to myteenageband.com to find all our episodes so far. My Teenage Band is presented and produced by me, Nick Taylor, and I'll be back next week with more stories of youthful musical adventures. See you then. See you then.